Chapter 3 There are many dangers for an Andalite and human morph. For one thing, there is the constant danger that you will fall off your two legs. The slightest push, and you can topple over. But worse by far is the danger of taste. Taste is the sense that can drive an Andalite mad, especially if it involves cinnamon buns or chocolate. From the Earth Diary of Eximile Esgeruth Isthl By the time Marco and Prince Jake had half-dragged, half-carried me out of the theater, I was calm again. We emerged into a brilliant sunlit area where vehicles are parked. Okay, I think we have learned a lesson here, Prince Jake said. No chocolate for Axe. Chocolate? Choc- Chocolate? I said, trying out the word. The brown globules are called chocolate? What about the brightly colored pellets? Actually, the globules are called raisinets. The pellets are M&Ms. Are you under control now, Axe? Prince Jake asked. I couldn't tell if he was angry or amused. Yes, I said shakily. I, the flavor, it was just so wonderful. Cassie and Rachel emerged from the mall behind me. They watched curiously, but kept their distance. As always, we were careful not to appear to be a group. The controllers are everywhere. Suddenly, I heard a ThoughtSpeak message. Hey, you guys. Was the movie that bad? It was Tobias, on patrol far overhead. Of course, none of the humans could answer him. They can use thought speech only when they're in a morph. Since my human body itself is a morph, I could have responded, but Tobias went on. There's kind of a thing going on, Tobias said, just around the corner from you. Some guy staggering around and screaming at the top of his lungs. Cops are coming fast. I'm pretty sure I heard the word yerk. He's heading your way. Just then, I began to hear it too. It was a human shouting in a loud, hoarse voice. Over there, Marco said tersely. A man appeared. He seemed to be having difficulty standing up. He leaned against the outer wall of the store and staggered forward. Humans stared at him and moved away. Listen to me! Listen to me! He cried, looking around wildly. They're here! They're here! They're everywhere! The Yerks are here! My human body felt as if it had been jolted with electricity. Human bodies become very tense when surprised. I could see that Prince Jake and Marco were having the same reaction. I heard sirens wailing and drawing closer. What do we do? Marco asked. Prince Jake turned quickly back to Rachel and Cassie. He made a gesture with his hand. Split up, he said. They're here! The man cried. Ah! He suddenly clapped both his hands over his left ear. Got you! Got you! Die! Die! He is a controller, I said. The yerk in his head is dying. Jake met my gaze. I know, he said. Been there. I nodded. Jake had been made into a controller, though only for a brief time. We had been able to imprison him and starve the yerk. Yerks live in the brains of other species, but every three Earth days, they must bathe in the yerk pool and soak up chondrona rays. Without chondrona rays, they starve and die. Chondrona rays are beamed from a device called a chondrona. Actually, it's a chondrona wave particle generator. The rays are beamed and then concentrated in the yerk pool, where the yerks feed. We had found and destroyed the Earth-based chondrona. Why is this happening now? Rachel asked. It's been weeks since we destroyed the chondrona. Nothing ever seemed to happen. So why now? I shrugged my shoulders the way humans do to indicate ignorance. 
I don't know, Rachel. Maybe the Yerks have reached their limit. It could have been a strain on their resources to shuttle controllers back and forth to the mothership. Ship. Maybe something was broken. I didn't think things just broke for you space people, Marco said. Things break, I said truthfully. Break. Ache. Ache. Well, whatever. Scratch one Yerk, Marco said harshly. The man was screaming now and yanking at his ear. I could just see the slimy tip of the dying yerk as it slithered out of the man's head. Can't we help him? It was Cassie. She and Rachel had defied Prince Jake's order to split up. They were with us now as we watched, horrified and transfixed. We have to stay clear of this, Prince Jake said, but maybe it's finally starting. It may be just this one guy, but there may be more. Finally. I expected this to start happening weeks ago. Yerks dying? Controllers suddenly free and human again. He grinned. It was a savage look. They'll die and their hosts will be free. At first, people will think they're nuts. But when they have ten, twenty, fifty people all yelling about the Yerks, they won't be able to cover that up. Not for long. His voice had risen, becoming higher, and the words came out faster. He was obviously excited. Suddenly, an ambulance raced up, followed by two police cars, all with flashing lights and screaming sirens. Ha! Huh, Marco said. I'm sure some of the cops are controllers, but they can't all be. Jake's right. The truth will get out. This is going to work. The truth is going to come out. The replacement Condrona is supposed to be here soon, Rachel pointed out. We should have seen a lot more of this. The Yerks must have found a way to keep this from happening till now. Rachel is a true warrior. She does not underestimate her enemies. She was not ready to start talking about victory. But the others were all very happy. They believed that many Yerks would die, and the hosts would be free to tell the world the truth. They believed they had won the war. It made me sad for them, because I knew the truth. I knew how the Yerks operated. I almost told Prince Jake right then. He has a special reason to be hopeful. His brother, Tom, is a controller. There was nothing Prince Jake would want as much as his brother's freedom. But I knew this screaming controller with the dying Yerk in his head was just an oversight. Something had gone wrong with the Yerk's secret efforts, but I knew that there would be no witnesses. I knew what would happen to this poor, shouting human. Jake was my prince now, my leader. But if I told him, it would lead to questions, and I could not answer questions not without revealing the terrible truth behind the law of Ciro's kindness. Humans rushed from the ambulance and the police cars. Most, as Marco had said, were probably true, normal humans. They grabbed the screaming man, who was still pulling the yerk from his ear. Oh lord, what is that? He's pulling his brains out! One policeman cried in horror. Yerks! They're here! The human screamed. Die! Die! Get out of me and die! Freedom! The police surrounded the man and hustled him to the ambulance. It was hard to see, unless you were expecting it. The moment when one of the policemen drew a small steel cylinder from his pocket and pressed it against the back of the man's neck. I can't believe it! Cassie exulted. Maybe it's really going to happen! Maybe people will realize the truth! They have a real, live yerk now. Prince Jake said. They can't cover this up forever. Again, I thought of telling them the truth. 
that the human was already gone, that the yerk slug would crumble into dust, that no evidence would be left behind. But even though these humans were my friends, even though we fought side by side, there were secrets I could not tell them. I could not tell them how a race of parasitic slugs had come to be a danger to the entire galaxy. I could not tell them why we Andalites had to fight the Yerks, why we had no choice but to fight them, why we hated them so deeply. We have secrets, we Andalites, and the greatest secret of all is our own guilt. This is great, Prince Jake said, smiling. Yes, I said. Great. Great.